to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on a Thursday on the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Coligan Water. Uh, myself, Jake Bachman, uh, Nate here as always, and we have Eddie Messel from 1011 joining us uh, for as long as he can stay, just to debate more college football <laughs> stuff. Uh, we wanted to get to your response on the text line. First, I'll go through YouTube because uh, TMZ2 said, Bach is right again, which, you know. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that actually what was said? That is what it says. Are uh, you inserting Nathan with Bach? No, no, it says Bach. So, People are uh, never taking my side. Well, I mean, there's, 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 there's a reason again. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, there's uh, just different, so many differing opinions, and it depends on what you want. Um, you know, you want? Are you going for entertainment? Or are you going for deservedness? It's it's really difficult to narrow it down, obviously, to the perfect system because of just the structure of college football, where there's. You go, I mean, it's not like basketball where you can play 30 games. Exactly. You, get, you get like 12. There's 120 teams. Not everybody can play each other. Um, so there's not equal, you know, equitable schedules. So it's, 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 it's always going to be debatable no matter what system you have, and there's going to be people that feel left out. I just prefer the, the distinction between the fourth and fifth team, who I don't think really belong in the championship because I come from the BCS days where I think, okay, you got to go undefeated basically in the Power Five, uh, one versus two. Um, that's how the championship should be decided. If you go to four, okay, I can extend some grace. If you go to eight, what, how, why does the seventh and eighth team has the same shot as the number one and two team? Um, it's it's done it, but I mean, again, the, the counter argument to that is it's done in just about every other playoffs in every other sport. Mm -hmm. But that's why I like college football to remain different. It's it's got its kind of unique feel to it, and in in for what it's worth, it's not the NFL. Um, you know, it's never going to be the NFL as far as you know, just kind of mainstream appeal for people to, uh, you know, because the, you, know, you watch the NFL, you just see amazing plays from incredibly athletic players. And, you know, so it's just a little bit different. So I think that you need a bit of a, of a tweak, a bit of a difference. And I, I think the way that it's set up certainly plays into that. Also off of YouTube, when the SEC plays nine conference games each year, we'll see how they'll hold up. Playing a cream puff in week nine has huge advantages. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know who said that, but you were entirely right. Oh, you're setting um, up there. I, that is entirely correct. Uh, I want to make sure we get to the starter Heyman text line. If you guys have any thoughts, 402-464-5685. Make sure you text us. Uh, Gus has a good point. Expand to 120 teams, so Virginia Tech and the Huskers have a shot. <laughs> Gus, that is entirely correct. I completely agree with you. Crowbait agrees with Rico. Uh, we can get into Jory's question here in a little bit. Also, Outdoors Kevin agrees with Rico. Uh, Sanderson had a couple of interesting points. He says, when Nebraska joined the Big Ten, there were coaches in the conference saying they would rather play in the Rose Bowl than a college football playoff for a national title. Uh, I bet Scott Frost would probably not agree with that anymore. Yeah. But uh, at the time, that, that was an actual discussion. Um, and he said, if you want the regular seasons to always matter, get rid of the conference championship game. Uh, we can get into that a little bit. Also, someone else wrote to me, bring on the teams that didn't lose football games on the field, not teams that Nate and Kirk Herbstreit think won the eyeball <laughs> test. That's a good roast. But I want to get to this one, too, and hear what you guys have to think. I have a Notre Dame alumni texting me this. If all you have to do is go undefeated, you will have a clown schedules during the season. That's how to really make the season irrelevant. Notre Dame is an independent, could put together a schedule to ensure they always go undefeated. That argument is ridiculous. No group of five teams should ever go to a four-team playoff. And, I mean, that's... That's a fair point because Notre Dame right now, like we talked about, has a pretty difficult schedule. 
they don't. I mean, they play the the five SEC schools that they have an obligation to play. ACC, the AC, yeah. ACC excuse me, and the ACC is not very good. Other than that, you don't have to schedule teams like USC and Michigan and Stanford. You could schedule a bunch of MAC teams, Sun Belt teams for it. You could schedule American teams again, no, but these, these. But you're winning. Who's in front of you again? But these Amer- like these group of five teams that are getting in, like we, like we said earlier, like the chips have to fall. Like even with them going undefeated, like it is not a guarantee that they're gonna get in. You know, I mean, Cincinnati got in because they beat Notre Dame. If Notre yeah. Dame wins that game, which technically, I mean, in the argument of people who are loving the Power Five. They should Notre Dame should win that game. That should they be should. a winnable game they for should. Notre Dame. But Cincinnati went on the road and handled business. And that's not saying, again, I, I, not every year a group of five teams going to get in. It's just not going to happen. And it's just going undefeated. And these teams that are getting a chance, like they're trying to schedule good games. Like they're not trying yeah. to schedule soft games. I mean, they wanted Cincinnati on that schedule. And again, last year or Cincinnati wanted Notre Dame on that schedule, and then you get Indiana. Again, we didn't know that was going to be. Last apart. last year, it was like, okay, that might be, a you know, Cincinnati's going to play Indiana and and Notre Dame mm-hmm. this year. Granted, Indiana didn't work out like they did right. the following year, but there's there's a lot more to it than just Notre Dame going in there and scheduling a bunch of MAC teams. And the, the way it's currently set up, too, is that Cincinnati had to earn this over years, right? It, and, and that's what, that's what kind of um, maybe hurt UCF a little bit, is that they, yeah. they didn't have – that that cachet, though they did play in the Fiesta Bowl a few years earlier, so I mean that helped them. But to, to you know, if you're Louisiana Tech and Nevada or all these teams, it's going to be hard to get Notre Dame to be intrigued by you. Whereas Cincinnati's kind of built it up to where the, you know they're they're at that point, and and so that's not fair, and that's just kind of the way it is. But again, <laughs> again, like not you can't make everybody happy, and I yeah. guess I'm I'm as a college football fan. Um, I guess more comfortable with making those those not you know those non power five teams less happy in the fact that they've got to build it up over years to even get this opportunity to begin right. with. Uh, Rico says, "I dare Notre Dame to do that. I would laugh out loud. It would be pretty funny." Uh, but I want to make sure we we pivot a little bit because we've talked about this for almost forty minutes now, which is why it's such a good discussion. I want to ask you, Eddie. So you were there at UCF during the glory days during. What some would probably call Scott Frost coaching peak. Yeah. He was the hot like commodity. Some would call it. <laughs> he would. I probably I think, I think everyone hey, would agree. Nebraska won five games that one year with Scott Frost. So watch <laughs> what you say, Buck. No. Uh, and he was the hot commodity. He, he was, was the, the one that name in college he football. was yeah. what everyone wanted. No, Nebraska thought that they had the home run hire. What has changed from then to now? I think it's so tough. I mean, let me let me start this by prefacing like it's 2015. I'm a freshman, or I'm getting ready to go into my freshman year. They had just won the Fiesta Bowl two years prior. I'm all, everyone's all jacked up. We had Blake Bortles who goes in the top five. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. The program's going in the right direction. I come in in 2015. We go 0-12. First of all, tell us though that because this is a question a lot of people have. That was not an 0-12 roster, right? I mean, no. that was a, a case where George O'Leary lost the team. Probably. George, yes, O'Leary. Kids did not. I had like kids who were friends on the team. You know, like nobody wanted to be playing for him at that time. Like they were that season Done. was was chalked. You know, yeah. I mean they they were over that year. Um but again, Scott so you do have a lot of talent on that roster. Scott Frost comes in and this is why I have, you know, faith in Frost. Obviously I, I might be a little biased, but mm-hmm. I watched him take an 0 and twelve team with Mackenzie Milton was not what he was that undefeated year. I mm-hmm. mean we he completely changed him. So you watch this man come in Turn a team around. We go undefeated. 
and then he gets the job here. I do think I'm a huge proponent of people need time. I know it's so we're we're in such a what can you do for me right now type of society. It's so tough, especially with how great Nebraska has been, you know, over the last 50 years. You know, there's so many championships and so much success. But what's for Scott, I think the biggest thing was again, adapting to the Big 10 is hard. I don't necessarily believe that you know, everyone always hates that this his offense, like, he, he came in with that quote that our, the Big Ten's going to have to adapt to us. I think it would have been possible here. I just think the type of guys that you recruit here are a lot different, and it doesn't really fit that mold. We're Like, UCF was a lot of smaller, quick. You had two of the fastest. Like, our running backs, I mean, Adrian Killens was arguably the fastest guy in the country, and he was, like, 5'6", like Man. 150 pounds. doesn't work in the Big Ten. That that's t- Well, you don't recruit that way in the Big Ten either. He comes into a – got a bunch of guys, I mean, who are gigantic. They're, they're not running. It's really more pro-style type. So I think that took a little adapting. And then, you know, for the most part, I do think the right changes – I know we talked about this a little bit. The right changes were made, I think, this offseason. I'm not saying the changes – are going to I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid and sit here and say Nebraska is going to win the Big 10 this year and they're going to be the, but I do think their biggest uh downfall obviously was on the offensive side of the ball. I think they improved on the offensive side of the ball. I think Mark Whipple is going to help Scott Frost and we've kind of gotten that vibe. You know, we always go to the post practices uh with 1011. We get to talk to the coaches all the time and there does seem to be a different vibe on the offensive side of the ball. I think Frost has gotten the chance to really relax a little bit we've heard multiple coaches Mm -hmm. say that like it's been nice to see Scott you know take a second and just go work wherever he wants to work not just focus on running the offense and Whipple's obviously you know been a huge part of that and I think getting a guy like Mickey Joseph in here the receiver the receiving room just seems completely switched up everyone just seems really amped up ready to go so I do think you know what the biggest change was the adapting and now I think he's finally Again, and we—I wouldn't say last year was—it's—it's it's, you know the record doesn't show it, but it, I know nobody wants to hear this. That three and nine football team, though, I mean, that's pretty. You, good that's what I, I always mean, say. It was a good football team. I mean, heck of a literally. Team. I mean, we we watched a ton of great games, and we watch. I watch every game, you know, because we're we're at the station. We got to run highlights, you know, right after the game. We watch every game from the first snap to the last one. I mean, they were they were in so many games. So like, I can't completely say what Scott Frost has been doing hasn't worked. I do think you know. You know, you got the you make the changes now. This year, if it's if it's another bus, you know, obviously, you, mm-hmm. you gotta you know changes start to yeah, have gonna to look the other way. Uh, it, it's interesting though because UCF too, when when they were when they were good under Scott Frost, um, you know, I, I think something that that has that has come come over from Orlando to Lincoln is that they weren't always the least penalized team or the most, you know, it, it's, so that was something that I was, you know, we, we all kind of just overlooked and thought, yeah, yeah, they, they kind of have penalties and they're not the most disciplined team, but he has the offensive firepower to overcome mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, and because that, you know, that, that transfer didn't kind of come over with that offense, um, it, the 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 lack of discipline did yeah um and hopefully that's something with this new coaching staff that they can kind of iron out you know you're hearing about the offensive line getting off the ball better all the, those sort of things um and it is I mean it, it's basically um it's Plan B I mean Plan A didn't work yeah <laughs> so and, and, and it's it does it, you know we've had this discussion before you know over at ten eleven and it's like it. It's so hard because you watch that offense be so explosive at UCF, and I know like everyone was hoping that's where you could wants, get here, right. you know. But but there were glimpses of it. I think it's also been just 
a consistent roster has been kind of tough. Guys have been, they've had a lot of injuries, you know, guys transferring out. I know that's been another talk is key guys transferring oh, yeah. out of the program, you know, especially at receiver. So, and big playmakers transferring out of the program. But, you know, hopefully now this is the year you get, you get everything solid. You got a couple, I think some of the guys, again, that they brought in on the offensive side of the ball are a lot, it, very enhanced in terms of the offense. So from what you've seen from Scott Frost, which is probably more of an optimistic side than anyone in Lincoln, because I know we were obviously split down the middle of people wanted him gone, people wanted him to stay. You've seen him at the peak of his powers at the coaching, the Division One level. Would you say that if it were up to you, you would have kept him going into this season? Yeah, I think he deserved another year. But I, I again, I don't think it – I think changes needed to be made. Like mm-hmm. – uh, and I think they again they made the right changes. So I do think he needed another year. Again, I think people need that. You need you need that time to re, really rebuild a program. I'm a firm believer in giving coaches enough time and not what can you do for me right now and bounce I them agree. after a couple of years because they need time. They need to get their own guys in especially here. They in gotta the Big see Ten. Them. especially yeah. in the Big Ten where you have Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State just dominating year after year. So Mel Tucker's off to a good start over there in year two. I'll have to play that. It does happen in different places. Uh, I want to talk about this when we come next. Uh, TMZ2 again off YouTube pointing out Scott nor his staff have ever played in the Big Ten, never coached in the Big Ten. They are just learning the ways of the Big Ten. Well, hopefully they've learned it now. I think that was one thing that was missing from the Mark Whipple resume and something that maybe could still hurt Nebraska. More adjustment to the Big Ten. Is it on its way? Uh, we'll talk about that next year on the Ticket Water Cooler brought to you by Colligan Water. By the way, uh, if you want to see if your water software is working properly or if you just don't have one at all, give Colligan a call to schedule a free water test. Call today at 402-251-2309 or go online to colliganlincoln.com. We'll be right back.